Welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire with me, your host, Savannah Hernandez, on this Wednesday, August 11th. Now, before we start the show off, I do have to issue a correction because we can't be fake news. And if I make a mistake, I have to come forward immediately and talk to you guys about it so that we can correct the record. Now, I talked yesterday about the Tuskegee experiment that the government conducted, and I said that the government injected members of the Black community with syphilis. Actually, what they did was they had tested Black Black members of the community for syphilis, and then they told them they were going to be receiving free health care, when in reality, they were actually using these members of the Black community as an experiment to see how syphilis would run its its natural course through the body. So I wanted to start off the show and correct the record right away, because I think that's extremely important that we are always correcting our mistakes. So my apologies on that, guys. But let's go ahead and get into tonight's show now that that is corrected. And I have decided to title and I was back and forth between we are so effed or say goodbye to Texas because I'm at the point where I firmly believe now that Texas is already a blue state. Now, this is an unpopular opinion, and it's not a fun thing to talk about, but I've been living in Texas for a couple of years now. I've traveled all the way from the south of Texas to the McAllen to the border, all the way up to the north. I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I've lived in Austin, San Antonio. I live near El Paso. I, again, have traveled to McAllen, to Odessa. So I've been all over the state. And what I've come to the conclusion of so far is that Texas is essentially already a blue state, and this is not something that many people want to hear, but it's something we're going to be discussing. I also want to delve into Ron DeSantis potentially running for president in 2024 and why I think it's a bad idea. And finally, we're going to be talking about the Biden administration straight up wrecking havoc on our country right now. Um, the administration is asking foreign countries to pump more oil because, uh, yeah, we're not oil independent here anymore. Under Trump, we were. But guess what? That's no longer a thing for America in 2021 in Joe Biden's America. And we're going to be delving into more insanity in regards to people getting the COVID jab, having adverse heart attack like symptoms and still promoting it to other people. So let's go ahead and just jump in right away with two examples of where our country is currently at. And I'm going to start off with this Daily Mail article that just came out. It's an exclusive from Hunter Biden or about Hunter Biden. It says the Russians have videos of me doing crazy effing sex. Hunter Biden is seen in unearthed footage telling a prostitute that Russian drug dealers stole another of his laptops for blackmail while he was close to overdosing in a Vegas hotel room. Now, Daily Mail did put this video up and I did watch it. I'm not going to play it for you guys because it's freaking gross and nobody needs to see a blurred naked version of Hunter Biden on the screen. I don't want to see it. You don't want to see it. We're not going to play it, but I'm going to go over the a few key points here. So Hunter Biden claimed Russian drug dealers stole another one of his laptops for blackmail while he was drugged out in a Vegas hotel room in 2018. A video obtained by the Daily Mail shows Hunter with a naked hooker in 2019 after filming a sex tape and explaining how he believed his laptop was stolen. Hunter left the camera rolling as he recounted a Las Vegas bender in which he spent 18 days going around from penthouse suite to penthouse suite. The incident would mean Hunter lost a total of three computers, each likely to hold sensitive information on President Joe Biden. 
Apparently, this laptop contains embarrassing pictures, videos, and communications from the president of the United States' son. And uh, again, he's referenced saying that they have videos of him doing crazy effing sex. Effing, you know, that's his quote there. And uh, the Daily Mail goes on to state, you know, Hunter's claims also raise the possibility that he was targeted as a vulnerable conduit to Joe Biden as part of a foreign intelligence operation. So there you guys go. They investigated Donald Trump for, what, four or five years for Russian collusion, and here you have Hunter Biden, who's literally saying, yeah, I think my laptop got stolen by some Russians. And also I have like five sex tapes on there and uh, potential like, you know, Ukraine dealings with like me and my dad that he also said didn't exist. But like, it's no big deal. Media doesn't care. We're not hearing a peep from them. So that's example number one of where our administration is at right now and where our country is at, where our media is at. And this is example number two. Now, I didn't even want to play this video, but of course, it is relevant. Dr. Fauci is teaming up with TikTokers. The Biden administration is teaming up with TikTokers to target 12 to 18 year olds. That's pretty much the demographic that uses TikTok. It's very, very popular among the youth. And this is what the Biden administration came out with just yesterday. Oh, gosh, just I'm sorry. You guys have to watch this. One sec. Democracy's calling. <laughs> See you, Daddy. Bye. Hi, my name is Cooper, and this is a day in my life as a White House intern. <laughs> we did it, Joe. <laughs> hey, everyone. Uh, okay. Usually, I start off with a big coffee. Sorry, they're like really strict in here. Hey, Jenny. I booked you a nail appointment, love. Yeah, I didn't tell you to do that. It's called initiative. <laughs> Hi, White House. This is Cooper. Mm, I don't think so. Oh, doesn't matter. This is actually the entrance to the West Wing. This is so fun. It's really prestigious. Okay, I think we've seen enough. You guys have seen what you needed to see here. But basically, um, what this video is highlighting is that the entire Biden administration is a complete joke. And maybe if Jen Psaki spent as much time as she did making TikToks, you know, um, as she should paying attention to her job, she would actually be effective at it and be able to, uh, you know, form coherent sentences for the American public. But uh, clearly she's too busy making TikToks. And I just want to say too, her acting in this TikTok was even bad. Like, is there anything that Jen Psaki is good at? Because acting and being press secretary of the United States do not fall under that category. Now, I wanted to start the show off with that because as you guys can see by the title, I've decided to name this we are so effed because that is how I'm feeling about the absolute state of America, just based off of those two things. We have TikTokers running around the White House doing God knows what with fake fingernails on. We have the Joe Biden administration propping up members of the LGBTQ community who are a minority in this country. And what do they contribute to society? I don't know if someone in the comments can tell me maybe I'm being a bigot right now, but please let me know why we should be putting all of our time and attention on focusing into this community when we are literally asking foreign countries right now to start pumping more oil. This came out today from the White House who are urging OPEC to pump more oil uh, above their 400,000 uh, barrels per month or barrels, barrels per day monthly hikes. Uh, the cartel is already implementing and Greg Abbott retweeted this saying, Dear White House, Texas can do this. Our producers can easily produce that oil if your administration will just stay out of the way. Allow American workers, not OPEC, to produce the oil that can reduce the price of gasoline. Don't make us dependent on foreign sources for energy. 
And that's exactly what the Biden administration does. Now, my father is in the oil field, so I always like to talk to him about these types of issues. And, uh, you know, in layman's terms, I was like, "Okay, dad, let me get this straight. So Joe Biden stopped the Keystone Pipeline. My father also told me that one of the first executive orders that Joe Biden signed was to ban fracking on federal lands. So you're telling me that Joe Biden implemented all of that. And now we need oil because our country is still going to use oil. You know, Kamala and Joe can scream and cry to the heavens how they want green energy and they want to help climate change. But at the end of the day, America still uses oil and it's still one of the main sources of energy in this country. So instead of sourcing it from our own country, we are now going to be dependent on foreign sources. Is that what you're telling me right now? My dad was like, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Now, this is from CNN Business back in September of 2018. The headline reads, America is now the world's largest oil producer. And this was the first time since 1973. It was two decades, okay? Or two decades, not two decades. Um, it says it here in this article. Sorry, I uh, miss. Let me just read it. For the first time since 1973, the United States is the world's largest producer of crude oil, according to preliminary estimates published on Wednesday by the Energy Department. Again, this is an article from 2018. Um, we surpassed Russia and Saudi Arabia. We had reclaimed our throne atop the oil world. And uh, the feat demonstrated how the U.S. shale oil boom has reshaped the global energy landscape. So there you guys go. Under Donald Trump. We were one of the largest exporters of crude oil, and we were able to be sufficient off of our own oil supply. We were energy independent. We didn't have to source all of this oil from foreign countries. But under Joe Biden, he's already asking these foreign countries like, hey, we need oil because um, of the bad things that he has implemented, the bad orders that he has written into law or put into place. So that is where America is right now. And it's so frustrating for me to see gas prices continuing to rise. And if Joe Biden didn't implement these bad policies, we wouldn't have to be living through this. But Joe Biden is literally kneecapping our country and making us dependent on foreign oil and foreign countries when we could be independent. We could, you know, help ourselves out in this, but absolutely not. So there you guys go. There's Example number one of the absolute state of America and why we are so effed. Now, let's go on further, and I'm going to delve now into the topic of Texas is already a blue state. This isn't popular, but hear me out on this. And if you don't want to listen to it, let me just go ahead and give you like the quick rundown, and then I'll go ahead and back it up with all of the articles that have currently come out over the past week. Number one, all major cities in Texas are Democrat-owned. Houston, Dallas, Austin, El Paso. Okay, some of the biggest cities in Texas. Texas, they're all run by Democrats. Sorry, not Democrat owned. They are run by Democratic mayors. On top of that, you have Austin, Texas. That is our state capital. That looks like mini LA. Okay. Homeless are running rampant up there. There's trash on the streets. It's absolutely disgusting. It looks like mini skid row in Austin, Texas. Crime rates are up in Austin. Crime rates are up in Dallas. It does not feel like a safe place to live in Texas. And I would know because, you know, firsthand, I was mugged and robbed by Antifa in Austin last year. And I went up to APD as soon as it happened, like right after. And I was like, hey, I just got robbed and mobbed by a group of Antifa members. Can somebody please help me or walk me back to my car? And they said, no, sorry, there's nothing we can do. Just go ahead and, uh, you know, call up the police station and file a report. So we don't have police in Texas that are going to take care of us. All of our major cities are run by Democrats. Democratic judges rule our cities as well. And they're putting a lot of um, different mandates into place to basically help the Democrats in our state 
evade their criminal or, you know, evade any consequence for their criminal activity. We also have a lot of big companies coming into Texas, Tesla, Google, uh, Oracle, a lot of these big tech companies, because people speculate that Austin is the next Silicon Valley. And what comes along with these big tech companies, all of the liberals from California who are going to work there in Texas, it is so difficult to rent an apartment or buy a home right now. And I will highlight an article explaining why. But this is where Texas is at right now. And on top of that, we also had an article coming out basically saying that Austin, Texas is the next hotspot for Hollywood elites to move to. So I don't feel like Texas is free. And uh, this article right here explains why Dallas County is now mandating masks for schools and businesses. So Dallas County Judge Clay Jenkins signed an emergency order Wednesday requiring people to wear masks in schools, businesses and county buildings. Of course, they say that this is because of the Delta variant. Governor Greg Abbott did um you know, mandate that statewide ban on mask and vaccine mandates. And in this article, they're saying that we're struggling to contain surges of new coronavirus cases that have driven up hospitalization numbers. So that's where we're at in Dallas. So tell me again how Texas is a free state where we now have mandates for masks again in schools and businesses in the Dallas County. And they're going to be making kids mask up as well when they go back to school. Uh, I believe this article was saying that it was like preschool through 12th. Uh, the only children that are exempt from this mask mandate are kids that are two years or younger. But there you guys go. Tell me again how Texas is a red state, how Texas is a stronghold. For conservatives? No, it's not. Because you have all of these county judges, these Democrat judges who are bringing liberalism into Texas and making it more and more liberal by the day. So there you guys go. Mask mandates for Dallas County. But that's not all. Um, again, Greg Abbott did say that he said that no governmental entity can mandate these face masks. And he is trying to push back against this county judge. But there you go. He has mandated and this does go in, go into effect tomorrow. On top of that, in Austin, Texas, we now have restaurants requiring proof of a COVID-19 vaccination for indoor diners. This is Laundrette and Fresas in Austin, Texas, two restaurants that I have driven past many a time, but I've never gone to free, uh, you know, frequent and I never will at this point. They are now saying that you need to provide proof of at least a first round of vaccinations against COVID-19 if you want to eat indoors at their restaurants. They're saying that you don't need to provide proof if you want to eat outside or you and you don't have to wear a mask if you want to eat outside. But that in itself is like, OK, great. So it's like another form of segregation. Then like, oh, sorry, if you're not as good as everyone else and you didn't get your vaccination, go sit outside. You can't sit in here. So there you go. Mask mandates back in Texas. Vaccine passports now here in Texas. What else do we have? And I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, it's private businesses. They can do what they want, blah, blah, blah. But again, to my my original other frustration, too, is we still have mask mandates in the airports as well. And people will say, well, that's federal property, blah, blah, blah. But again, just another testament to how we're not truly free in Texas, because if we were truly free, we would have body autonomy here and we would be allowed to say no to the face masks. But 
here in Dallas, it has just been mandated again. On top of that, we have a Texas judge, a Democratic Texas judge, who temporarily blocks the arrest of lawmakers who fled the state over election bill. Now, remember, those Texas Democrats all went to Washington, D.C. in a super spreader COVID event because they were trying to block what they said was a, uh, you know, like election bill. They were saying that it was um for voting rights and that Republicans were trying to get rid of voting rights and restrict voting rights in the state of Texas, when in reality, Republicans were just like, hey, maybe you should have an ID to vote and you should say who you are before you vote. Well, a Texas judge here has temporarily blocked the arrest of these lawmakers because as we always see with Democrats, they all help each other out and all of the district attorneys and attorney generals will really make sure that you can get away with any criminal activity that you want to. That's why we're barely seeing the resignation of Andrew Cuomo now. Why? Because he's not useful to the Democrats anymore. So they finally took him down on account of, you know, the whole like me too thing, not because he killed thousands of elderly people. What else do we got in Texas? Oh, yes. From the Hollywood Reporter, how Austin has undergone a pandemic influx from Hollywood growth on a turbocharger as stars like Stefan Amell and Zachary Levi. I don't know who these people are uh, flock to the Texas Capitol. Medium home prices have risen a stunning 43 percent in one year in the city. So we now have all of these Hollywood elites coming to live in Austin because everyone is realizing that it's a cool city to live in. And a lot of these businesses get tax exemptions. Uh, for example, Elon Musk is quoted in this article saying that um, he's opening a Tesla Gigafactory the size of 138 football fields just outside of the Austin city limits. And he declared in February that the city is going to be the biggest boomtown America has seen in 50 years. Nate has countered that Austin has been booming to at least some degree since the 1990s when Silicon Valley companies lured by lucrative tax incentives first began adding Austin offices and the town began regularly topping best cities to live lists. And then again, it goes on to talk about how even those accustomed to Austin growing pains have been stunned by the pandemic's fallout, which rocketed housing prices by 43% in one year, the steepest climb of any major metro area in the country. Tales abound of home sellers being bombarded with all cash offers. The moment a property hits the market, during the first half of the year, uh, 1,400 Austin area houses sold for more than $100,000. People are talking about how insane the market is and 100% it is. I can barely rent an apartment here. My parents are like, oh yeah, go rent a townhome. Yeah, it's literally impossible to do so. You get into bidding wars with people because everyone is moving here. They're escaping California or they're leaving California because Tesla and Google and Oracle and Spectrum are coming to Austin. And then what do they bring along with them? They're bad liberal policies. And they vote in these Democratic mayors, these Democratic city council members, and fundamentally change our cities. So again, I am of the firm belief that Texas is already a blue state. And we're seeing it with the actions here in Texas. And I talk about too how Greg Abbott is not a leader. Ron DeSantis is a leader. Ron DeSantis does not wait for other governors to make a move and then say, okay, well, yeah, now I'm going to rescind that mask mandate. Now I'm really going to try to help my state. No, Ron DeSantis is actually a leader. He has tried to get things under control in his state. And again, I've talked about this yesterday. He actually speaks for his constituents, not vice versa, where, you know, he or the constituents 
Yeah, the constituents tell Ron DeSantis what they want, and Ron DeSantis does it. Here in Texas, we don't always feel that way with Greg Abbott. A lot of Texans are not happy with him. And look at our border right now. Look at what's going on. And granted, you can make the argument that it's like a federal versus state uh, fight right now. But Texas is a mess. Texas is going to go blue and I have traveled all over the state. I've seen the rising crime rates. I've seen how many people are moving here from liberal states. I'm seeing all of these county judges who, again, are drunk on power and implementing mask mandates are blocking these Texas Democrats from being arrested. So that's the absolute state of Texas. And people should be aware that it will not remain a stronghold for long because all of these liberals who are so tired of their disgusting states that they ruined by voting in bad Democrat mayors and governors, they're fleeing that they're coming to Texas, but they're going to vote the exact same thing in. So RIP to Texas. On top of that, we also have James Younger, who was whose mother was awarded custody of him. So he's this nine-year-old boy here in Texas, and his story was very big last year over the past couple of years. And basically, his mother was trying to transition him, and his father was fighting back against it. When he was three years old, his mom asked, are you a boy or a girl? And he said, I'm a girl. He liked a toy from the movie Frozen. So his mom said, oh, well, he's a girl, and tried to put him on like, uh, or he tried to start transitioning her son. And the father was pushing back and fighting back and saying, no, absolutely not. Our son is a boy. When he comes over to my house, he says he's a boy. He wants to wear boy clothes. But there you guys go. In the state of Texas, nine-year-old James Younger was given over full custody to his trans activist mother who wants to transition him. And then finally, oh, actually, that, that's it for Texas. That, that's the final thing. Um, the James Younger story really got to me because it really does feel like the final nail in the coffin for Texas. If in Texas, again, supposedly a Republican conservative stronghold, we can't even protect our children, then what are we really doing in this state? Are we really red? Because we seem very, very blue with each passing day. Now, let's go ahead and talk about yet another trillion dollar bill that the Senate is trying to pass, because I thought it was just the one point two trillion dollar bill that we talked about yesterday. But apparently there's also a three point five or almost four trillion dollar reconciliation bill on top of that bill that I didn't even know about. So our entire economy is just, again, so completely effed. But uh, that's that's just my thoughts on that. Mitch McConnell tweeted out today, Senate Democrats are about to take their first step toward yet another reckless partisan taxing and spending spree. It will push costs even higher for families. It will shatter President Biden's promise of no middle class tax hikes. Long day of debate and voting ahead. And this woman uh, comments, you voted for it. But again, he's referring to this second almost $4 trillion reconciliation bill. But yes, Mitch McConnell did vote for the $1.2 trillion bill that did pass yesterday. Now, Black Lives Matter, funny enough, had a lot to say about the bill that passed yesterday. I didn't even know about this because this was a 2,000-page bill. So, of course, did anybody really read through this bill? Did anyone in Congress who voted or, you know, passed this bill even read? Probably not. Black Lives Matter says just a couple of hours ago, every Senate Democrat voted with Republicans on an amendment to the infrastructure and budget bill that would eliminate federal funding for local governments that defund the police. Make no mistake, this is a universal attempt to silence the demands from the streets. This is an attempt to put our movement in check. No one, we repeat, no one had the back of our revolutionary movement in the Senate 
in the Senate. In fact, one of two black Democratic senators, Cory Booker, said in a speech tonight that he thinks this amendment is a gift that would let Democrats put to bed this scurrilous accusation that somebody in this great esteemed body would want to defund the police. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because it's so funny every single time Black Lives Matter just straight up roasts themselves. It happens so often, but that's what they do. They think that all of these politicians actually care about them or their movement or their cause. No, they use you as a political pawn and they use you as domestic terrorists to go strike fear into the average American. And then as soon as they're done with you, just like with Andrew Cuomo, they throw you away. You're of no use to them anymore. So it's so funny to me when Black Lives Matter comes forth and tries to talk about their oppression and all of this nonsense and always tries to, you know, say that all of these Democrats are going to help them. Absolutely not. Congratulations, Black Lives Matter. You guys advocated to get Joe Biden into office. You played yourselves once again. And I was thinking about this concept, too, of oppression because I was reading this Black Lives Matter tweet. And Yomi Park, again, I watched her podcast with Joe Rogan, amazing podcast. I'd highly encourage everyone to go watch it. She was a North Korean defector. And she was talking about how true oppression, people who are truly oppressed, don't even know that they're oppressed. And I was going to wait and talk about this later on when we talk about the vaccine and face masks. And actually, I will, because this will be a very important point. But just, you know, put a pin on that to, uh, you know, a couple articles in and we'll get to that. Uh but the absolute state of the average American in regards to where their mindset is at, in regards to them seeing that the Democrat-led Senate okayed more than $4 trillion of spending in less than 24 hours, and the average American isn't up in arms and upset and terrified of what we're currently seeing, is just a testament to how brainwashed and manipulated everybody in this country is. Again, the Senate passed a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill, which includes $517 billion in new spending, as well as a $3.5 trillion budget reconciliation proposal. So that's what we were seeing today. And um, again, too, just to get into what this reconciliation bill includes. Apparently it's spending programs related to tuition-free community college, universal pre-K support for childcare and Medicaid expansion. It contains tax increases such as corporate tax rate hikes to pay for part of the bill. Once the proposal is turned into formal le legislative language, it will be put up for a final vote on the Senate floor and it can pass with every Democratic Senator vote plus Vice President Kamala Harris as the tie-breaking vote. CRFB estimates that the reconciliation proposal would result in roughly $1.75 trillion of borrowing because this, again, allows them to borrow $1.75 trillion. And they plan to spend $3.5 trillion with that authority, but they could spend a lot more if they wanted to. And again, this is a senior policy director at CRFB, and CRFB stands for the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget. So... There you guys go on that front. A absolute insanity every single time we read into these articles. Uh, according to the Congressional Budget Offer Office figures, the separate bipartisan infrastructure plan will add over $340 billion to the deficit and cost $400 billion over 10 years. Biden's agenda will cost taxpayers almost $3 trillion over the next decade. The Senate votes come comes as inflation hits the highest level since 2008 at 5.4 percent. And again, three point five trillion budget plan for Medicare tax credits and again, climate 
initiatives there. $3.5 trillion. And I don't believe they even, yep, just as CNBC points out right here, the Senate approved a budget resolution, the first step towards Democrats passing a $3.5 trillion spending plan without Republican votes. So there's our economy. And if you guys think like, oh, well, these are just a bunch of scary numbers. It's not even really affecting anybody. Wrong. Insider came out with this article yesterday. Grilling could soon get more expensive. Tyson Foods, the world's second largest meat processor, has already hiked prices as much as 40 percent and says there's more on the way. Tyson Food is hiking up its meat prices for retailers thanks to an unprecedented rise in costs. The world's second largest meat processor raised pork prices by 39 percent over the past three months. Further hikes are coming. The CEO said that costs are hitting them faster than we can get pricing at this point. So they can't even hike up their own prices fast enough for the amount that food prices are rising. So there you guys go. If you guys think that, you know, all of these bad economic decisions and policies aren't affecting you. Meat prices already hiked as much as 40% in this country. Now, on top of that, on top of the Biden administration, just straight up destroying our economy and trying to fundamentally change the structure of America, which they will with these bills that they're passing. Remember that 1.5, 1.2. I get confused because some articles say it's a $1.5 trillion bill. Others say it's a $1.2 trillion bill. It's over a trillion dollars. It's a lot of money. Okay. So in these bills, remember that for infrastructure purposes, they were trying to say that all new cars should be able to track the amount of mileage people drive in their cars and also have sensors to detect if people are inebriated or if they're sleepy. So that way their cars can be monitored or maybe even turned off if you know, they are. So you don't even have the ability to control your own car at this point. On top of that, uh, we have Joe Biden, who has extended that eviction moratorium, which people are saying is an unconstitutional, unconstitutional thing to do. Joe Biden himself said that this was an unconstitutional thing to do. And I have read so many posts of uh, people who rent out their homes who said they've lost tens of thousands of dollars because their renters refuse to pay rent, even though they have gotten these stimulus checks from the government. They refuse to pay their rent and they can't be evicted. And Joe Biden has just um, extended that a victim eviction moratorium unconstitutionally. So that is why, again, I named this broadcast. We are so effed because we are seeing the president of the United States straight up say, yeah, this is unconstitutional, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's the president of the United States. Now, let's go ahead and get into the health portion of tonight's episode, as I always like to, you know, refresh you guys on what is going on around the country. Um, regarding COVID, regarding the vaccination. I wanted to start out this segment with this quote from a comedian named Dave Smith, who says, if you believe that basic human liberties are contingent upon consumption of a product from a giant pharmaceutical company that is in bed with the government who made this product off taxpayer money that is shielded from liability from their customers by the government, then you are a fascist. Yeah, very interesting there. Very, very interesting. You know, I really like how everyone is just like a fascist at this point, too. Whew. And I love how just liberally that word is thrown around. So, again, too, like we all know that 
anti-vaxxers are immediately labeled as fascists. They're labeled as a threat to public health. They are labeled as a threat to society. And that is how we're viewed now. It's very dehumanizing. Even if you don't want to wear a face mask because you know you're not sick, people will look at you like you're a leper. They will get up out of their chairs and walk away from you. It's very, very dehumanizing to live in America at this point. And I talked yesterday about how the government is now trying to condition our children to want to get the vaccine for their health. And I think that this will be a good way, too, of the government to be able to use people's children to turn them against their parents and say, hey, my parent didn't get vaccinated because we already did see this with January 6th, for example, and with previous uh, vaccinations. Um, children have gone on, you know, like a CNN and MSNBC and were like, oh, yeah, my parents were anti-vaxxers, but I got the vaccination anyway. Then the media props this child up as a, a, you know, a modern day hero when the parent was just wanting to make decisions, health decisions for their own child. Similarly, with January 6th, a young teenager turned his father into the FBI. His father went and got arrested. He felt very bad afterwards. But in George Orwell's 1984, he talks about how Big Brother would use people children to basically monitor what people were talking about in their own homes. And this is what that kind of reminds me of, the fact that um, now uh, Benny Johnson obtained a confidential White House PR email sent to TikTok influencers, begging them to do intimate Zoom calls with Dr. Fauci. The goal is to influence children as young as 12. And it has that picture there of that TikTok that I played at the beginning of this broadcast. So that's what this really reminds me of. They're trying to condition children now to repeat these government talking points. And they're trying to get these children to do what the government wants them to do. And guess what? There's, you know, that added extra thing of, hey, kids, uh, is your parent vaccinated? Is your parent saying things to you, to you that maybe aren't correct, that the government, you know, said was correct? Let us know and we'll uh, help you out there. So that's what that reminds me of. Now we're going to play this video because we've seen so many cases of this where people will get their vaccination and they will have an adverse reaction to it and still encourage other people to go get it. And this is a writer, her name is Georgia Clark, for the Daily Telegraph, who had heart inflammation linked to her Pfizer vaccine, but she is still encouraging others to get the jab for herself. Let's go ahead and watch this quick video now. with chest pain. I've had chest pain for about a week. started about a week after I got my second dose of Pfizer. Um, I'm feeling okay. The pain's being managed with medication. Um, and the doctors believe it's pericarditis, which is a very rare side effect of the Pfizer vaccine. Um, it can be treated, which is the important thing. Um, and really, I just wanted to film this message to say that even despite these side effects, I would get the vaccine again. Um, for me, it's more important that we all protect ourselves and save lives, make the sacrifices that we need to for the greater good. Okay, so I want to stop it right there when she's saying, oh, it's so important for us to protect ourselves. Ma'am, you are in the hospital for, what did she say, pericarditis, which is heart inflammation. How are you protecting yourself at that point? And also she says, well, we have to protect others from a virus from an over 99% survival rate. Okay, got it, ma'am, got it. So there you guys go. Another example of, 
someone who has been so brainwashed by the government and going back to um, the podcast that I was listening to with, again, a North Korean defector, she talked about how people who are truly oppressed don't even know that they're oppressed. And that is what I thought of when I watched this video, because this woman is getting vaccinated because the government told her to. People are still wearing face masks because the government told them to. They are living under this state of fear. They're closing down their businesses. They're putting face masks on their kids because the government told them to. And that in itself is a form of oppression. I don't care if you guys think I'm extreme for saying that it is. These people are living in a state of constant fear and subservience to the government. And they are so they have been so oppressed and manipulated by our government that they don't even realize that they're oppressed at this point. So again, Yomi Park, Joe Rogan podcast, go check it out. She talked about how true oppression is not even knowing that you're oppressed and every single person is still wearing a face mask. That is the concept that I think of now when I see these people or when I read articles like this from From the Hill. Fully vaccinated man dies of COVID-19. Daughter says he was very cautious. Vaccines, not 100% effective. Now, let's just go ahead and read these three story points at a glance here that they provided for us, because this is just so ridiculous, you guys. I, I can't make this stuff up. Point number one, a woman's fully vaccinated father died from COVID-19. Point number two, doctor said the condition of the father could have been worse if he was not vaccinated at all. Point number three, the father was mostly indoors and wore a mask. His surviving daughter said, OK, I just want to point out number two. How could his condition have been worse if he wasn't vaccinated, if he died? Again, this is an article from The Hill. Fully vaccinated man dies of COVID-19. And then they put in their second point, doctor said his condition could have been worse. Man is dead. Rest in peace, sir. That is a very sad thing. I'm not sure what a worse condition is than death. But there's your media in America. Well, if he wasn't vaccinated, the conditions could have been much worse. He died, but they could have been worse. What's worse than death? We don't know, but it could have been worse. Okay, very, very interesting. Another person I used to follow on Twitter, Jess Turner, says, Hi, my name is Jess. I got the vaccine and five days later, I had the first of nearly 20 seizures so far I've ever had in my 30 years in, on Earth while driving. Uh, doctors ruled out epilepsy and all my lab work, EKG and CT scans are normal. They have no explanation. And uh, this woman is very right wing. I did follow her for a while. So I was like, there's no way that she got the vaccine and she's having all these seizures. But in her thread, she, you know, says like, her daughter did a live of her getting this vaccination. She has pictures. She posts her vaccine card. Um, and again, she says that she's suffering from seizures now after getting that jab. But tell me again, woman who is suffering from pericarditis in the hospital right now, heart inflammation, how taking the vaccine is for your health. Tell me that again. I'm, I'm not sure. Now, while all of these adverse reactions are happening and if you want to keep in mind that, yes, they are rare, they could still happen. And I feel like getting the vaccination at this point is like Russian roulette. It's like, well, you could get a good one or you could get one that could inflame your heart and put you in the hospital. You really don't know. It's kind of just a you know, risk you got to take if you want to survive a virus with an over 99% survival rate. Well, CBS Los Angeles is reporting that full-time U.S. employees working for Live Nation, AEG, Golden Voice, Coachella, AXS, the L.A. Lakers, the L.A. Kings, the Anaheim Ducks, L.A. Galaxy, and L.A. Chargers will be required to fully vaccinate against COVID-19. So there you guys go. 
Another example of how in America, it's now get jabbed or lose your job. It's a very sad state that we're in. But there you guys go. A list of more companies who are implementing this. We all know that Facebook, Netflix, Shake Shack is implementing this. Shake Shack is actually requiring their customers too to provide proof of vaccination, not just their employees. So just an update on that. On top of all of these things, we also have the Texas hospital system prepping tents to deal with the rapid surge in COVID-19. And uh, there's a nice big picture right there of apparently outdoor hospitals that they're setting up here in Houston because we're so overwhelmed. This CNN article reads, Texas hospital system is prepping tents to deal with rapid surge in COVID-19 patients. And this is in Houston. But let's not forget this NPR article from May of 2020 that says U.S. field hospitals stand down most without treating any COVID-19 patients. And just to recap for you guys, governments spent $660 million to put up these field hospitals and they never got used. You guys can go ahead and read that story for yourself from NPR. May 2020, field hospitals never got used. Same thing happened in New York. They sent two Navy ships to New York at the peak of the COVID pandemic. They never got used. Apparently, the hospitals were so overrun that none of the field hospitals and none of the Navy ships that they sent over there ever got used. On top of that, they never even broke into their stockpile of ventilators in New York. They never did that. The media might try to manipulate you into thinking that they did that, but they never did. And now we're seeing round two all over again as they set up these outdoor hospitals here in Texas. Why? So they can scare us. So they can tell us, oh my gosh, the hospitals are so overrun. Guys, I already saw my first video of a nurse playing guitar and I was like, nope, I'm not doing the TikTok nurses again. Absolutely not. Please just, I don't want to see it. I don't want to do with it. I just don't want to deal with it anymore. It's absolutely freaking ridiculous. So there you guys go too. Ugh, it's just, it's ridiculous. And while the media... While the Biden administration, while, you know, your liberal friends are all telling you, please get the vaccination. I'm so scared. I just like, it's for my health. It's for your health. Like, it's just like, why don't you care about us? Well, I'll start caring about the Delta variant when the Biden administration again starts caring about our border, which is wide open with COVID infected illegal immigrants. This comes from John Cooper, who says a source is sending new photos from the Rio Grande Valley sector, showing dozens of illegal aliens on top of each other, including massive groups of what appear to be unaccompanied minors. And he hashtags it Biden's border crisis. There you guys go. You guys can see. They're all just stacked from wall to wall in these centers. Uh, my friend Julio Rosas also puts this video up from inside one of those border facilities. It's an overcrowded border patrol facilities, again, in the Rio Grande Valley. And the source says this has surpassed the point of sustainability and this is lunacy. So there you guys go. We are now at the point where Border Patrol agents are having to take secret footage and pictures of inside these facilities because reporters are not allowed to go and report on these things. I have personally gone to McAllen myself and Border Patrol stopped me from going across the border, an American citizen. But guess what? A huge bus full of illegal immigrants was trailing our car and they straight up had the bus turn around because they started filming it and they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, can you please stop recording us busing illegal immigrants throughout America? Also remember that article that I referenced yesterday that in I believe it was McAllen, Texas, they had a facility meant for 250 COVID positive migrants at 
over capacity with 850 COVID positive illegal immigrants. So there's the border. Don't cry and scream to me about a Delta variant when Joe Biden really does not give a damn about these things. And we also have the CDC continuously fear mongering. For example, the CDC has since amended Florida's COVID-19 numbers after pushback from state officials because apparently the CDC accidentally inflated the Florida COVID numbers um, and put a bunch of days worth of COVID infections into one day. And so Florida officials were like, no, CDC, this is not correct. And uh, as Matt Whitlock points out, fascinating that the CDC would mistakenly inflate Florida's COVID numbers at the same time as President Biden is trying to discredit Governor Ron DeSantis handling of the pandemic. And in that article, they go on to talk about too how after the CDC came out with these numbers, The entire media came down hard on Ron DeSantis, used him as an example and used Florida as an example of how the Delta variant was out of control and how our country was just going to, you know, probably explode into a bajillion COVID amoeba smithereens because we're so freaking overrun. Give me a break. You know what's actually overrun? The border. Guess who doesn't care about that? Joe Biden, the same guy trying to fear monger to you. Guess who doesn't care about that? The media, the same people are trying to fear monger to you about what's going on. And uh, of course, they always have help from politicians as well, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, who says to anti-maskers, screw your freedom. Well, screw your American citizenship, bro. Give it back. Revoked. Go back to Austria. We don't need you in this country. And you know what? I found one of the best video responses to people like Arnold, who say screw your freedoms in regards to uh mask mandates. And it's, it comes from an unexpected source, really. It comes from Tom Hanks' son. Now, this would be my response to Arnold, and I feel like this would maybe be a lot of your guys' response. Let's listen. So, um, just checking in. Look, I've been kind of on the fence about this for a while. That's why I've never spoke on it. But with the amount of people that I know recently that, that have gotten COVID and with like the numbers rising, I think it's important for me to say, like, I got the vaccine. I think everybody should. I think it's really important like that we all do this just as like citizens, as Americans. We have to look out for each other and get this shit under control, guys. So like I suggest to all my followers, you guys make set an appointment and get the vaccine first thing. Psych, bitch. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I never had COVID. You ain't sticking me with that motherfucking needle. It's the motherfucking flu. Get over it, okay? If you're sick, stay inside. I'm tired of having, okay? Why are we working around y'all? If y'all, uh, if you're in danger, stay your ass inside. I'm tired of wearing a motherfucking mask. So, um, just check. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. I had to play that video because it was absolutely amazing. And that would be my response to Arnold Schwarzenegger is like, stay your ass inside then, old man. If you're scared, go inside. Your health is not my personal responsibility. Bye. You came a long way since your Terminator days. You used to be a badass, but you're soft. What's the point of all those big muscles? And, you know, investing all that time and money into your health. You used to be a freaking bodybuilder. Now you're scared of a virus with an over 99% survival rate. Give me a break, Arnold. Get out of here. Also, Jack Rosobic pointed out today that Arnold's father was a brown shirt in Nazi Germany. Ooh. Interesting. Seems like he's uh, following his father's suit. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Now, it's not all bad in our country. We had a huge anti-mask revolution in Tennessee this morning as a bunch of teenagers and parents and just a bunch of people in Tennessee went to a school and they were saying no more masks. Let me just go ahead and play you guys some of this audio because it's so great to hear. 
Again, this was outside of Tennessee this morning. People are pushing back because they don't want the mask mandates. When they go back to school, they want to be free. So here's the view from Tennessee this morning. People are getting pissed off. People are pushing back. So there you guys go. I love to see it. I love to see it. Shout out to the people in Tennessee who are willing to stand up against this. Now, I'm going to, before we get into uh, the international COVID news, because I said I would cover this yesterday, I found this funny headline from Mashable that says, the Suicide Squad failed at the box office. Anti-vaxxers own a lot of the blame. So as you guys know, Hollywood loves to make these woke movies that suck. Nobody likes watching them. Nobody respects these woke Hollywood actors. Nobody wants to see this nonsense anymore. And so when they fail at the box office, just like LeBron Space Jam 2 did, it was so bad. They try to blame that on the fact that LeBron was black. No, it's because nobody likes you, LeBron. It's because you freaking bowed down to China and nobody likes you. Well, Suicide Squad also bombs because no one gives a damn about these woke movies anymore and they're just horrible. And Mashable is saying that anti-vaxxers are to blame. They basically in this article are saying, oh, well, like people were scared to go to the movie theater because like not enough people are vaccinated and that's why the movie bombed. No, the movie bombed because you guys suck and nobody likes you. I don't know. That's just my opinion. The correct opinion. All right, now I'm going to go ahead and get into some international COVID news and talk about all of the different countries that are fighting back. And also some of these statistics that we're seeing, because remember here in America, we are being told that the vaccinated are doing everything right and they are the victims of the unvaccinated. Really interesting because this video just came out from Israel and I'll read the captions to you guys. Um, this man's name is Dr. Kobe Haviv, and he is the director of the Herzog Hospital in Jerusalem. And he goes on to say, uh, or this news anchor says, I understand that most of the patients are vaccinated, even severe patients, exactly naturally occurring Um Old people, most of them are vaccinated. Most of the population is vaccinated and 90%, 85 to 90% of the hospitalizations here are fully vaccinated people. Again, this is uh, Israeli news. Yes, unfortunately, the vaccine, as they say, its effectiveness is waning. Now, this is a clip. Oops, it's still going. Outbreaks in hospitals. One patient infects a large number of, of people. It is not just here and there. And as you mentioned earlier, the effectiveness of the vaccine is really fading. So there you guys go. This doctor who is the director of, again, the Herzog Hospital in Jerusalem, saying that 85 to 90 percent of the hospitalizations over there are fully vaccinated people. And then again, guys, let's use some critical thinking skills because the U.S. did issue a travel advisory to Israel because of their covid uptick. They are one of the most fully vaccinated countries in the world. Very weird how that works out, isn't it? On top of that, we also have French police now checking covid passes for people having drinks on the terrace of restaurants. And there's that right there for you. A lot of people were highlighting how this looks very much like asking people for their papers, asking them to identify themselves. And that's what it is. You can't even go sit outside in France now without being asked for your COVID vaccination status. So that's the absolute state of Paris. But it is not all bad over there. And the people have really been fighting back against this. And this past weekend, these were some of the scenes over there. 
This is from Luke Rutkowski, who says, you're not hearing a lot about this on the U.S. mainstream, but people in France are protesting the absolute tyrannical big brother government measures that are being implemented all over the world right now. And he goes on to say that this is Paris. As you guys can see in this video, there's a huge mass of people that are fighting and pushing back against these police officers as they fight back for their freedoms. And uh, play a couple of other videos for you guys here. Pepper spray is being used. A lot of non-lethal munitions against these French people who just want to be free. Uh, we also have this video that came out from Rouen, France. Nearly 200 residents gathered at 6.45 a.m. this morning in front of a fire station to support four unvaccinated firefighters who were at risk of being laid off due to not getting vaccinated. So good on the French for actually standing up, for supporting each other, and for not just letting their entire country fall. It is sad to see the state of what is happening but people are pushing back. Now in Italy, I love, love, love this video and I put it on my Instagram and guess what? It got fact checked. So um, let me translate this tweet here. It says in Italy, people are burning their green passes as a cry for freedom. And uh, people were saying that the vaccinated were burning their green passes in solidarity with the unvaccinated. Instagram fact checked this video on my account and said that this was false because it was missing context because a green pass can't be printed out. One, that's fake. I looked it up on Google and you can print out your COVID pass. But two, they were also saying that these aren't real green passes because they're not actually green green. And maybe these aren't the real green passes. But how do we not know that these aren't vaccinated people who are symbolically burning these pieces of paper in solidarity with the unvaccinated over there? We have been seeing the Italians chanting Libertad and how passionate they have been in regards to getting their freedoms back. So that is what is going on internationally right now in regards to the pushback against tyranny and against government overreach, because it's not just happening here in America. It is also happening worldwide right now. And that's why we need to push back. Um, I was going to do a news blitz, but we're already getting kind of late into this. So I will end with a couple more stories. This one is extremely important. It's from this past weekend. Ashley Babbitt's family is filing a $10 million wrongful death suit against U.S. Capitol Police. Their attorney says she was ambushed by the officer who shot her and was given no warning or verbal command. So this is definitely a move in the right direction. We'll have to keep up with that and an important story to focus on. And to you know, follow up with this story, I want to highlight that Ben Shapiro said that January 6th rioters will end up rotting in prison as they should, because in Ben Shapiro's mind, you're treasonous if you were at the Capitol that day. Uh, Cassandra Fairbanks follows up with the rebuttal and says that she doesn't like Ben Shapiro, and he's talking about people like this. Um, this woman suffered a miscarriage after the FBI came and raided her home because her husband was at the Capitol that day. He was helping escort people out of the Capitol. He was helping keep people calm and he was picking up trash at the Capitol. The FBI went and raided his home and his wife had a miscarriage. So he's talking about people like that. He's talking about people like this cancer patient who was arrested over a, the Capitol protest and was denied bail, even though he never enter, entered the building. He caught COVID in jail as well, and his life is seriously at risk. So those are the people Ben Shapiro says should be rotting in jail. So never forget Ben Shapiro's words on that. It's very important that we hold these conservative commentators accountable for when they say that our fellow Americans who are being politically persecuted against and held in prisons deserve to rot there. So there you guys go. That's Ben Shapiro for you. 
Now I'm going to end the show on a happy note because I know the entire theme of this show was kind of, it was kind of heavy. I literally titled it. We are so effed because that's how I was feeling in regards to seeing this next trillion dollar bill, seeing the Biden administration talk to foreign countries about pumping more oil, seeing the absolute state of Texas and how it really does look like it will be going blue, but we'll end on a positive note. Now this past weekend, there was a veteran who owns a Star Wars shop in Oregon and a trans woman, like literally six foot tall person who looks like a dude, went and got mad because this veteran had a sign that said chicks with dicks aren't chicks. And the trans person was like, oh my gosh, like, why would you say that? That's so awful. And this was the vet's response. His freaking response is so good, you guys. It's so freaking good. Let's listen. Some people think it's hurtful. Well, they told us that this hurt. But here's the thing. I don't give a about feelings anymore. I'm 70 and eight. I went to Vietnam to fight for all. Do you think I care about some feelings? Absolutely not. And some people think- mood all day, every freaking day. This veteran is so based and. Of course, all of the little trans Antifa members in Washington were like, we're going to go protest this guy because he's a bigot. Well, a lot of conservatives picked up on the story on Twitter and they were like, hey, go protect this guy's business. And guess what happened? Antifa canceled their little event where we often know that they go and target business owners. They try to go burn down their stores. They just try to go, you know, wreck havoc, break the windows to get their point across because their feelings got hurt. And so everyone said, you're not going to do this to this guy and we're going to go protect him. And Tifa canceled the event. They are promising to reschedule it, but we'll see what happens. This veteran is freaking based and that's the energy all day, every single day that we need. So even though the, the title of tonight's show kind of sad not all things are bad and remember too guys that you guys could always go to uh prepare with as well if you guys do want to push back against the government infringing on our rights do not be dependent on the government do not let the government lock you down again don't wait for the grocery stores to be emptied to try to go get food or supplies or anything like that go to prepare with right now and get 25 percent off a four-week emergency food supply or a three-month supply again i'm never going to sell products that i don't personally use myself i really love these products i have a water filter for my patron supply i really love everything that they stand for and everything that they sell to the people um i have lived through the power grid failure here in texas where all the stores were cleared out because of all of the ice. No one had heat or electricity. I have watched Walmart be burned down and looted so people the next day couldn't go get food. So don't wait until crazy things happen. Go to preparewithsavsays.com and go get 25% off your order. And uh, again, to remember guys that you guys can go to my website, savsaysofficial.com. Every single video and link that I talk about in these broadcasts, uh, especially in regards to the jab, is on my website. And I now have a research page. Let me go ahead and show you guys real quick that you guys can go to. Um, again, sapsaysofficial.com. I'm really excited about this. I've been working hard to make sure that you guys have all the resources you need. So you can go up here to research. You can click the COVID-19 jab and you will have all of the links here that you'll need in regards to Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, and videos this is something that I will be continuing to develop over time. So go check that out. If you have a friend or family member who you want to talk to about these issues, but they're not going to believe you unless you have the video or the article, but you don't know where to find it. There you guys go. I made it easy piece for you. So go check out my website, Sav Says Official. Also, we're growing the podcast. 
I'm so excited about it. Please remember you can find Rapid Fire on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, wherever you can find podcasts. So please go leave a five-star review. Please go share with your friends. Click like on this button. Click share. We're growing the podcast. We actually just hit a record number of viewers live tonight. So thank you guys so much for sharing this podcast. Again, my name is Savannah Hernandez, and this has been another episode of Rapid Fire. I'll see you guys tomorrow.